720 WGN. I want to get your voice on the air as well. We're going to speak with Karen Conti about what the Supreme Court's decision means for your kids and my kid and the nation as a whole. But we're already getting voicemails at 312-222-5050. This is the first one that came through. Hey, Lisa. Love the show. Now that we no longer have affirmative uh, action to uh, admit students to college, let's put an end to legacy admissions. No more grandfather, father, son, grandson automatically being admitted. They should stand in line and prevent, present their credentials just like everyone else. Have a great day. Yeah, that certainly has been brought up. Um, not just legacy, but geography and many other things that factor into college admissions. Karen Conte, you hear her every weekend on Let's, uh, well, I was going to say Let's Get Legal. That's not it. That's John Hansen's show. <laughs> Karen, how are you? Karen is uh, who I call our legal eagle. Uh, Conte and Dolan Law Firm also has a podcast. You hear her every Sunday on WGN. So let's start. Did you have a chance to read the opinion? I, I read a lot of it, but not all of it. And I was skimming to get to the, to the parts that were salient. It's a very long opinion, um, but I think I got the gist of it here. Uh, it just race cannot be considered technically an admission to colleges. Um, and that is pretty resounding, and it's a reversal of 50 years of precedent. And uh, I think it's going to have just vast impacts, not only on college, but in employment and all kinds of other areas going down the line. Since it has been upheld for over 50 years, what has changed? The makeup of the court. And the same answer I will give you for the striking down of Roe versus Wade. Nothing has changed. It's the, it's strictly the, the politics of the court. And, you know, I, I will say this again and again. Uh, Barack Obama was the first person, real, a real high-profile person to enforce the prejudices and the preconceived no, uh, notions of our Supreme Court justices matter when they rule on these really hot topics, right? How can you not have a feeling one way or the other being raised as a woman being raised as an african-american poverty affluence it all impacts your view of these issues and when you have conservative justices they're going to have a whole different view on affirmative action than if you had a liberal court there's just no two ways around it so race gender national origin none of it will be considered given this opinion that's how I'm reading it. Now, this case had only to do with race, but it does it wouldn't matter because the Supreme Court said the Equal Protection Clause and civil rights laws are just completely neutral. You cannot use race. You can't use it to discriminate, and you can't use it to put a person above another person uh, when admitting people to college. And, you know, interestingly, Lisa, your guy about the legacies, I just saw the statistic that 43% of all applicants to Harvard are white legacy. Uh, applicants, I'm sorry, who get in are, are, are white uh, legacy people. And 75% of them, the vast majority, would not have gotten in but for that. So I'm with your caller. I think that if we're going to do this and we're going to not look at diversity as something that is important enough to accommodate, then we have to look at the effect of what the legacy admissions process actually does. Karen Conti, our legal eagle, is with us, Conti and Dolan Law Firm here in Chicago. And do you believe that you were assisted by affirmative action because you are a woman? You taught in law schools for 15 years. You are now the, you know, the, 
I don't know what the prominent person in your law. It's your law firm, for goodness sakes. And you hire people. So did it assist you? Uh, it, it it must have, because during, you know, I think we were the first law school class 36 years ago that was 50-50 men and women. I wouldn't know if I was put before somebody else because I was a female. I think that in job situations, I have been put in front of other people because I'm a woman. I can't tell you that for sure. But I, I really do think um, that law firms want diversity, and I want diversity in my law firm. I would like to be able to say, there are judges and there are clients who are people of color, and they, I want them to look at my law firm and see people with different faces and speak different languages and have different experiences. And I, if I'm prevented from doing that because of the employment laws, that's going to be a problem to me. But, again, I understand both sides of this argument. You want the best candidate to get the job, but I do think diversity definitely has its place. Will this decision affect other areas besides colleges and universities? The experts that I've been looking at are saying maybe, maybe not. I can't see how it wouldn't because if the same rules apply for schools, why wouldn't they apply in the workplace? Let's talk about minority-owned businesses and the contracting process. Why would we even have a minority-owned business program? That, that, that to me, is going to go down the drain. And when it comes to all of these, I mean, law firms have people, their sole job is diversity in the law firm. Corporations have whole departments of diversity. I don't see why we would even have that anymore because we cannot consider rates according to this ruling. So this is going to change a lot of things very quickly. I I know that you guys are talking about a very important Supreme Court ruling today, but uh, while you're here, we're just getting word from a courtroom in Florida that the uh, former Parkland High School resource officer who had been charged with neglect for not going into the school building during the shooting has just been acquitted on all counts against him. Oh, interesting. That is interesting because there are so many, I I don't know if there are formal charges against uh, the officers involved in the situation in Uvalde, but that certainly has been an issue where there are people in uniform who have decided, made a decision that they're not going in. It is an incredibly emotional Scott Peterson in the courtroom now. I'm watching a feed of it, and he is, as uh, you can certainly imagine, absolutely beside himself. Uh, tearful, uh, nearly laying on the floor uh, with great relief as he hears this verdict from the jury this afternoon. One other thing that I wanted to talk to you about, Karen, was the Carlicia Hood story in Chicago. You know, on Maxwell at a hot dog stand, gets in a verbal altercation. I saw the video. The guy says, if you don't shut up, I'm going to take you out, knock you out. He does. Punches were brutal. It was just brutal. Her 14-year-old then shoots him. And as he's leaving, my understanding is he shoots him again. The state's attorney has not explained why the charges were dropped. And we continue to get a lot of text messages. Was this an act of self-defense? Does that is that part of the law, even though he didn't have a gun that he was pointing at them? Do you have the ability to shoot somebody if they punch you and not be charged? From what I see, Lisa, I think that charges should have been brought. And here's why. You can defend yourself and you can defend others. But it has to be a a reasonable fear of imminent bodily harm or death. And if you're going to use a gun, deadly force, that force has to be equal with the the threat that's being levied. And I'm not saying that this guy should have been hitting this woman in the head. That was outrageous, and I don't know what was wrong with him. But 
I don't know that shooting someone is the, was the solution to that. You know, could the kid have wrested the guy away? Could, were there other ways to do this besides taking out a gun? And remember, he's 14. He's got an illegal handgun. The mother summoned him to come in and shoot this guy. And your point that you said when he's walking out and the kid shoots him in the back, he was no longer a threat when he was shot once and walking away. That, to me, is murder. Okay, whether it's second degree or manslaughter, it's some form of that. I think this is the wrong decision. I think it sends the wrong message that you can take out your gun, even if it's illegal, even if you're a minor, and shoot someone uh, when, whenever you don't like what's going on. I, I don't like this decision at all. I would imagine you're going to you're going to cover all three of these cases Sunday on your show, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Tell everybody when they should be listening. That's from three to five with Karen Conti Show. Thank you so much for joining us and weighing in on these issues today. Take care, Lisa. Steve has your news next on 720 WGN. Lisa Dent, WGN.